Hey guys, welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Alan. My name's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping it was going to go like that. I didn't say anything. Um, so those of you who are listening, as you just heard, we, we have a guest today. Um, we have Joseph. What's your middle name? Take a guess. Alan. I yeah. knew that. Yeah. Joseph Allen Lovin, a.k.a. this is Alan's son. Um, so this is a special moment that we get today, uh, father-son, I guess you, per se. Um, but to this week, we're going to switch it up just a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a break from our discussions, theology. And we have had, well, we've asked Joe, um, kind of last minute. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was last minute. Well, in and out of season, you know, you always got to be ready to <laughs> give a witness. Um, no, we've asked Joe to come on, and he, he's going to share his testimony and a little bit of his life today, and we've got just some questions for him. Um, but other than that, man, um, what was I getting ready to say? Oh, Thanksgiving's coming up. I was going to say this next month. I know we've probably got a month away, but um, I'm just, I guess I'm hitting this early, like a time of Thanksgiving. Um, you know, one thing that I think we all can really definitely agree with is that God's good and he's good all the time. And one thing is as his children, like when you study out like doctrinally provision, like how God provides, um, you can see it provided for Israel, but man, it's just awesome to like look in our lives at the times when things just showed up. Um, and like, it's like, I'll share this, you know, um, Haley has had car issues last few weeks and we actually had a couple people and just very thankful keep it discreet but um who felt led by god to give her a vehicle and that happened yesterday and you know god's just great man that, it's only by him that things like that happen you know when we're in need of objects or transportation or food or you know financial i mean he's always there for us and, and not only that like Look at the people God provides in our lives, like good friends and good fellowship like we have in this room. Um, and I'm just thankful because without Him, you know, in His will and uh, His caringness about Himself, you know, we kind of just be like fend for ourselves. Yeah. And that wouldn't be fun. Since uh, uh, some of our church members have been sick, we've been kind of short on teachers for Sunday school, small group. And uh, I've been filling in in the... Uh, affectionately named prime timers prime timers yeah so uh sweet bunch of people uh some of the uh uh the three weeks i've done it it's basically been all of the older ladies in the church and uh we taught one week and uh, just the way that the lesson flowed we were talking about uh god's provision and things that uh you know he he does for us and uh when you get with a group like that that's absolutely full of wisdom and experience and uh seeing god's hand at work multiple times uh the thing that that lesson centered on that affected me that i took away from it was that god gives us the strength that we need for today and the hope that we need for tomorrow whatever it's whatever and, you know we, we don't have a clue what it what we're going to face but god's already given us everything we need to get through that and uh you know, you, you talk about being appreciative, and that makes me appreciative of the just uh, all God does that I don't even know about. Yeah. And so, you know, this kind of is a good segue because, you know, um, what we're going to hear about in Joe's life, you know, I'd say there's probably a lot of things Joe's thankful for, a lot of provision, you know, how God um, has guided him, brought him to this room today. Everything's for a reason. 
Um, even Joe's sitting in this chair right now. It, it's for a reason. He walked in and he saw these water. He goes, is this my water? I was like, <laughs> yes, this is your water. So, uh, so Joe, let, let's kind of start out with this, um, you know, just so people can kind of get to know who you are. Like, let's start, you know, where you're born, what your childhood kind of looked like. Like in church, you know, yeah. and all, all that stuff. Uh, Joe has a joke that he was literally born in this church. Well, it's not really a joke. It's the truth. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my mom, she actually went in labor with me at the youth house across the street, which was the church at the time. But, yeah, literally been raised in church my whole entire life. Um, Alan, he's my dad. He's <laughs> sitting right next to me. But that's obvious that everybody knows he's my dad. But I'm blessed with great parents. Um, been raised in church my whole life and you know not a lot of people can say that and honestly I'm blessed to be where I'm at today and they have played a major impact on me yeah and I know too like uh, I know just like for me and you being good friends like growing up and stuff we have a lot like you know grew up in church church friends parents were always involved you know parent you know parents had position yeah. um, but let, let's kind of like how old were you when you were when you were saved when I was saved I was 17 years old so I know there's a lot to that. So yeah. wherever start at the beginning of that and just kind of work work us through it. Well, like I said, I've been raised in this church my whole entire life. But uh, there was a point in my life where, like, all my friends, you know, they were talking about being saved. Really, honestly, I was in the second grade, but I didn't really understand what yeah. being saved meant. And I feel like it's something that a lot of people go through. Um, but so my, I, I remember very vividly my sister getting saved. And I, I told my dad, I, I told my dad, I said, I, I want to be saved. But the smart, wi- full of wisdom that my dad is, it, you know, he could tell that my, I, I really, you know, God wasn't drawing me. And so it wasn't that time. But as time went on, um, one of my other friends at the time, he had gotten saved. And so it was something that I wanted to do, but, you know, I wasn't being drawn. But I went to the altar and um, asked God to save me. But through that, um, there was no drawing, you know. So I pretty much just said a prayer. And through that, I was... As a result, there was some confusion as I grew up, got yeah. older. You know, as you become more mature, you listen to sermons and you start studying the Bible for yourself and you see this word conviction, you know. You can't come to the Father unless you're drawn, you know. So as I would, I would realize that, but, you know, I, I'm Joseph. So if everybody knows that I'm uh, Deacon's kid, yeah. you know, if they think I'm saved, you know, that – Pride was a big part in that, but, you know, pretty much through salvation, um, I was going to school every day, and I got to the point where, in high school, where I wasn't living for God, you know. I said that I knew him, so I I said that I knew him with my head, but I didn't know him with my heart, honestly. So, um, it got to the point where, you know, I was was praying to God and uh, studying my Bible, but, you know, there was something missing. Yeah. You know, there was something missing. And um, it all, 
I was afraid of what my parents would think, but I know that some that's I I was afraid of what everybody would think because everybody thought I was saved. But really, that doesn't matter because uh, eventually, one Sunday morning, I never will forget it. Um, the it was one of those services where the Holy Spirit, you know, was just moving. You know that we have all the time here. Um, God started drawing me like like there was no question about it. God was drawing my heart. And it, it was to the point where, like, you know, I said, I remember talking, like, I wasn't ha- really having a conversation with God, but um, I said, you know, God, if this is really you, you know, I don't, I don't want to mess it up. I know you're drawing me, so I'm going to go. But I, so I wasn't really for sure. I was at the point in my life where, like, I didn't know if I was saved or not. But if you're in that point where you don't know if you're saved or not, then you're in that point for a reason because um, God's not the author of confu- confusion. So I went to the altar, and Pastor Ronnie at the time, uh, he came up to me, and I was broken. I was weeping, broken. And Pastor Ronnie came up to me at the time, and he said, uh, Joe, he said, God's broken you for a reason. He said, and I, t- I remember all I could get out was, you know, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if I'm saved or not. Pastor Ronnie, he told me, he was like, you know, you're, you're thinking that for a reason. God's revealing that to you. He said, and he said, I think you know what to do. So I remember all I could get out. It wasn't no uh, bullet point prayer. Uh, I didn't read it off a sheet or nothing, but all I could get out was just God saved me. God saved me. I believe with all my heart that day that he had saved me and he had changed me. But have I been perfect since then? No, far from it. But through that, through this conviction, I got saved and I'm forever thankful for that. But there's also things that led up to that point. Yeah, yeah, and that's like what I was saying is like the first time I ever really heard you go through like your testimony. It was like there's a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot that led up to it. If I'm not like you had a car wreck and just different yeah. things that kind of. So that was the real eye opener for me was the, my car wreck. So that was my junior year. Um, it, I was at the point in my life where you know. I didn't really think I was saved because I had been drawn, and I went on my own power, and, you know, that's not how you get saved. But I was at a point in my life where I wasn't living for God. I wasn't, you know, I was just coming to church every Sunday, but, you know, that was it pretty much. Wouldn't, didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. But that night when I was driving home and I got in that car wreck, I mean, my shoulder, the, there was no shoulder on the road. So I was driving home, and... I took my eyes off the road for like a split second, and then I seen that my passenger side tire had completely dropped off of the the shoulder on the road. And so what do I do? Something that you're not supposed to is overcorrect. You know, I jerk the wheel back, and through that I lose control, and I start flipping. And all I can remember from that car wreck is when I I remember seeing the windshield crack. So when I seen the windshield crack, apparently I started flipping, but – I came out and there's people all around me and they was checking, making sure I was okay. And you know it was a it was a very terrible car wreck. I was very very fortunate, very lucky to be able to even walk and walk away from it. But through that car wreck, I believe that God did that for chastisement because I wasn't living for God and He opened my eyes through that. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for that car wreck. I may not be saved today because he opened my eyes because if I would have died in that car wreck, I know I would have went to hell. And so after that car wreck, I started pursuing God, and I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm 
please forgive me for everything I've done. I told him that I was thankful for uh, him him saving me through that car wreck. But through that car wreck, you know, all these thoughts of salvation, me pursuing him, and him eventually convicting me and drawing me to salvation, he really opened my eyes through that. Yeah. So, like, God used that as a tool to, like, reveal to you. I mean, the absolute truth, because, like, I mean, if if you think about like, like you mentioned chastisement, and I was kind of thinking about that. You know, God chastises His own people that belong to Him, but like in a sense, it's kind of like whatever God wants to do to bring us to our knees to a place of repentance to be saved, He'll do it. And it's like you know what Jesus said: "My sheep hear My voice." So in that moment, you know, not everything was clear. You know, mm-hmm. but you belong to Him because He said, "My sheep know My voice." So that also shows us that because of God's foreknowledge, he, he knows who's going to be saved. He knows who's a part of the elect. <clears throat> so he used that to lead you up to that moment where, yeah. you know, that conviction settled in. You're like, I'm lost. Yeah. And it's only because of God that I'm here. And, you know, that's just uh, cool. And, and it's amazing because a lot of times I, I feel like people kind of wait till like after they're saved to be like, okay, God's on my side. You know, God's this. Uh, and I like Joe is at enmity with God. We all have been at enmity with God when we are lost, but we have to understand, like, when you are in the elect, like, when you're, he knows you're going to be saved, regardless, it's going to happen. And that's where, like, you know, me and Alan, we could probably talk about things in our life where it kind of, like, led up to the moment where it was clear as day. Yeah. And so, you know, Joe, thanks for sharing that. And, I mean, you said the word draw a lot, and that's that's the key word. I mean, the drawing and the conviction of lostness has has to be placed. Because you said you can't do it in your own power, your own wisdom. And, you know, that's even like for me, you know, when I was 12. It, it was me and you're two different people. It was in two different areas and settings, right? But the same thing took place because God drew, right, your loss, your need of a Savior, we repent and put, show faith, not a bullet point prayer. We just have faith, mm-hmm. and He saves us and changes us, and so that's awesome. Um, thanks for sharing that. And, and two, I want to talk about kind of like here in a minute when, when you said a lot of people kind of have that grew up in church and made a choice, you know, and yeah. it wasn't. I like to talk about that, but let, before we kind of get off of this, Alan, your perspective as dad. So I mean, we probably got a lot of parents that listen to this. So like. You know, kind of explain your part, like how God used you in this testimony that Joe shared as the parent. So, again, it, it goes back to my own upbringing, how that, uh, similar to Joe's in church my whole life, you know, the good, godly parents that treated me right and raised me right and taught me uh, right from wrong and took me to church and all this. Uh, saw my brother walking all, broke another conviction of the Holy Spirit. Told my mom, what's going on up there? Well, your brother's getting saved. Well, I'll be saved. My mother, mm-hmm. uh, recognizing, yeah, everybody wants to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there's that divine appointment where God draws the Holy Spirit, and uh, there's, a, there's, there's a time and place when uh, that my faith needs to be placed in Christ as a, 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 a my obedience to his call. And uh, my mother recognized that that wasn't present. Same thing with Joe. And uh, when, when we go through these things, and you want to, you want to, everybody wants what's best for the kids. Everybody wants you to keep them from, you know, uh, getting hurt or, 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 you know, bashing their 
uh, toe or any any little thing that uh, would cause your child displeasure some of the things that impact us the most are the things that god puts in our life to help us develop and grow and mature and, mm-hmm. and, and to help us to become more of a uh a devout person and uh there's things that uh, i mean i do joe knows this i do anything in the world for him but there's things i can't do for him mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully he's learning as he depends on god yeah. more that man he's he's a reliable source yeah and dad's long gone yeah you know what i'm saying he's, he's still got that resource in god that's going to be there for him to bring him through hard times to help him to yeah uh, uh, you know find answers where he's at a loss for what to do yeah pray and have faith uh and i remember uh going up with him at this the, the second tip when he, he was explaining to uh, uh our listeners what uh, our counsel that uh pastor ronnie had given him and it was all over and and uh, we were kind of, uh, you know, rejoicing there on the altar. And I just kind of, as a concerned parent, wanted to make sure. I was like, hey, what makes this different than the first time? And l- let it sink in, let it rattle around a while, let him, yeah, let his brain yeah. know, formulate an answer. And uh, he, he, he told me, he said, God dropped me. Yeah. And I, and I, I added, and it's faith. You gotta have faith. You gotta have. You got to. You've got to exercise the faith that. Yeah. You. you he's not gonna cast you away. He's not gonna tell you no. You can't mess that up. Yeah. So, uh, uh, to me, uh, to see Joe, uh, where he's at now, helps me as a Christian because I understand that there's promises in God's Word that says, "Hey, you know what? You raise them up. They're not gonna turn from it." And uh, that's just, you know, proof positive that his word yeah. is, is faithful. It's worth raising a family on. Yeah. It's worth uh, building a church on, and it's worth believing in. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, too, you know, when it talks about, you know, raising your children up in the ways of admission of the Lord, and you kind of go through that, and you just explain that. And don't but, get me wrong, I messed up a bunch. And yeah. Joe, Joe, don't take the liberty here to explain all the times I've messed up. And all the things I've done wrong. Hey, you're because covered. I have. <laughs> you're covered by scripture, Alan. Well, I know. It I says know parents will parent the way that they seem best. Well, and I, I understand now. Getting my 50 year old me looking back at my 30 yeah. year old me understands that man alive. I should have done things differently. And Joe's, uh, uh, you know, he he suffered from some poor parenting decisions that I made, but uh, he's he's okay. He's not he's not none of it's killed him yet. I turned out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, Alan, I was thinking too, like you know. How many parents, when their kids are like, you know, I want to be saved? How many parents don't want their kids to be saved? You know what I'm saying? Like, of course that. You're there. But I think it's so wise that, you know, for you and Michelle, like, you didn't try to rush that moment or make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you guys will all, God permit, and have a family of your own. I could, Joe... I believe this. He's a good. He's a good son, and I believe that he honors his daddy and he obeys his daddy. And I could tell him from experience to do something, and he he does it. Yeah. And he 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 learned quickly that you know if I tell him to do something, he does it. And if he doesn't, there's repercussions of that. But with that with that said, I could do things in my own will, in my own flesh, in my own yeah, with the best of intentions. That could really have long-lasting repercussions on his life. So, yeah. Uh, again, 
not saying I got everything right because I've, I've, I've yeah. made some bad decisions, but uh, uh, really praying and seeking God's leadership and being sensitive to Him, man, He'll He'll help yeah. you. He'll help you in those situations. And, and it seems like you know, for any parent or I mean anybody that works with kids, you know, I, I've heard kids here. I want to be saved. Yeah. And it's great because you want to be like, okay, well, great, you know, here's what you do. But in the midst of that, you can answer their questions and you can pray for them. But, man, you've got to let God do his part. Absolutely, We can't get in the way of God's, I mean, literally, he's the one that saves souls. We have nothing to do with it. And so, you know, for your, your all's experience and kind of like mine, which we have a lot of similarities, even as a father-son dynamic, we st- we have a lot of uh, similarities. Yep. It's kind of like, you know, of course my dad wanted that to happen, but in his in, in his reverence towards God, he realized, like, I'm not saving my son. Right. Yeah. So he was there to answer the questions and pray for me and guide me and be the parent. But, man, it's just awesome because when you when no one's involved in your salvation experience except for your repentance and your faith that you have and that I mean you're God's given you and yep. you're repenting and believing that's special because the fact that it was just you and God and no one tried to intervene really shows you like this is this is it this is real because I can't tell you how many people have come to an altar and prayed a prayer or did what so-and-so said, and it's absolutely ruined it has. their mm-hmm. salvation it's, and altered their, their view. The best intentions. Best, and here, here's the deal. I, I, again, I'm not, I had an awesome dad, and uh, he, he's gone to be with the Lord now. now again, this is uh, not about us recognizing individuals' achievements, but yeah. the fact that wisdom exercised, sometimes we don't understand it or do we don't even recognize it. But I remember a time in my life where you, you got to uh, just just picture uh, if you're raised in church, your dad's a deacon, you never miss a service, kind of like Joe's upbringing. Mine was the same. Uh, I'm 12 years old. All my buddies have all been saved. All of them have had the trip up the altar through vacation Bible school. All of them have had the ceremonial baptism and uh, the church has celebrated all that. But yet that's not happened to me. Yeah. Right? So I'm 12 and... I remember my dad. This and it must have been on a weekend because I was. I remember it was a morning. It was early morning. Uh, uh, just me and Dad were up and watching TV, and I was uh, sitting there. And, and Dad asks me, "Son, do you ever feel like God's ever spoken to you?" And when he said that, I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Yes, yeah, he has. And my dad said, made this statement. Well, next time he calls, you need to answer. Yeah. And that was the end of the conversation. You know what I'm saying? He left that thought in my brain. That's what Eli told Samuel. He left that thought in my brain for me to understand that it's important. When yeah. God calls, you answer. Yeah. It's a big deal on how yeah. I respond. Yeah. And, you know, what I kind of think about, too, is there's this... I guess it's like a lot of people like portray salvation as like, you know, the altar experience and like this spiritual moment that and don't get me wrong like it it is spiritual you i mean you want to what's supernatural what's spiritual seeing a dead man come to life and i'm not talking about real i'm talking about being saved i mean you were a nomad in a in a sense like you were just wandering living on earth just occupying a body and some oxygen no interest in god and then all of a sudden god miraculously draws you saves you 
and now you're you live for him and you're his child and you have promises for eternal life but a relationship with a personal savior but like even in that moment like a lot of people like focus on the crying and they focus on the response and they focus but like if you tear all of that apart you have a person that realizes they're lost they have a spiritual awareness um, you know, I, I think it was this last week with Pastor Jake and Pastor Jason that we talked about, uh, you know, free will, but we also kind of talked about, you know, when do we get spiritual awareness because lost people don't have that. So it's like, it's at that moment where you realize you're in deep need of a savior and then you put your faith in him and then you're made new, like peel all the emotions and the scenery and all that stuff. And that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and that's why like, Jesus said that it's the, it's like, it takes the faith, the size of the, that grain of that mustard seed. I mean, there's no dramatics that are needed. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, when I realized I was lost, I was scared. I mean, I was young. I knew yeah. I was going to hell. And I, I knew that there was something missing. And, and I was terrified and petrified in that moment. And I knew I needed Jesus. And so I did. I was broken, too. But, like, we can't use brokenness as an equivalency to lostness because that's not even it. Yeah. Lostness is, like you said, Joe, the drawing, the re- the revealment. That that point, you know, the only thing that matters is faith. And God gives that. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. And that, 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 begins, that begins a, a journey. A, that yes. begins. Sanctification. That, 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 that practice, that first initial step of being obedient and responding to the voice of God. Yeah. That begins a lifelong practice now. Yeah. Number one, understanding and identifying the voice of God when he speaks. And number two, being obedient to it. Yeah. And obeying it. Yeah. And responding to it. Yeah. And so, Joe, you know, kind of what Alan just said, this lifelong process, mm-hmm. which you and I aren't that old, but, you know, God's provided circumstances and opportunities for us. So, like, we're not going to sit here and brag about how cool Joe... I'm kidding. <laughs> but, like, I mean, let, let's kind of talk a, just a little bit, yeah. like... Since you've been saved, like, what are some ways that you've grown and, like, God's used you? I mean, for, you know, so teaching. Go ahead. Well, first of all, when I truly got saved, there was a complete difference. Um, I was working at Mason's at the time and furniture store downtown Madisonville. And um, Peyton, who's one of my good friends, and um, I told him about what happened. And, you know, he, he, he told me, he's, I'm not saying this out of bragging or else, but he was like, yeah, he said, I could tell. He said, something's different. He said, something's different. And so uh, I never will forget that. But through that, you know, it made me cherish, you know, what God's really given us. Because through that, because we have nothing to offer. You know, our righteousness is as filthy rags. We have nothing good to offer. And it's it was through Jesus. You know, through Jesus, we come to know him. It's his free gift of salvation. Amen. And uh, what was your question? <laughs> no, I was saying like, so like since, since that, yeah. you re, I mean, like what are ways that you've grown? Like what are new areas? And I mentioned like, you're, I know you'll mention like teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. But. So um, it was uh, probably about a year, probably maybe two years ago, Jar, um, he had approached me um, about teaching the prime timers class and you know i've taught sunday school before but it was like younger kids stuff like that and i was like i told him i said okay that's all i said <laughs> okay. so i mean i started he said teach whatever you want um you know so i was studying i started thinking i was like man how am i supposed to teach people that are like have 
I've been on this world a lot longer than me, probably know more than me, but God gave me a certain amount of peace. He said, you know, he said, we're all a part of his kingdom. And so it's kind of like Timothy, you know, Timothy, well, he was a young, he was, he said, don't despise you of your youth. Yeah. So, um, God, he definitely has opened doors of sanctification for me and, uh, growing in my relationship with him, um, through teaching and, and through prayer and having a, like a want to having a want to read your Bible. Cause you know, you know, you want to learn more. You want to see what's really inside of you. You know, what God gives you is powerful. It's the Holy spirit. And to learn about that is to have to devote yourself into time where one-on-one you and Jesus, and that's where you're going to see where you need to improve on. And God, he's, he's, he's opened many doors for me. And through that, you know, I'm about to get married and in April, um, Woo! and without, without a doubt, you know, jo- uh, G- Jesus, he, God, he made just for me. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, it's crazy to think, you know, everything that he's blessed me with, with my, with my parents, my family, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. It is honestly just yeah. mind blowing. When you really think about everything that you're blessed with, it's just yeah. And I I relate. I mean, yeah. I've been married for you're like married now. well for like yeah. for yeah. Ba- like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Not weeks. even that. You can give me advice now. But <laughs> no, I'm just kind of I'm kind of still where you're at, and I, yeah. I don't think I'll ever get over it. You know, God. God in his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty plan that Haley and I would be together. And that's what you're saying. And it's awesome. I I mean, to have a holy matrimony with uh, something that was ordained by by the Holy One is pretty great. And you didn't mention this one, but Joe. Which one? You also, you do some finance work here at the church. Yeah, I'm on the finance committee here. That's something that Sonia approached me about. Yeah. And um, I've learned a lot through that. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. But I was going to bring that one up as like a. He, he worked at a bank. Yeah, I worked I at th- a bank. So she said, well, since you work at a bank now, <laughs> you, know, you want to be on fa- finance committee? <laughs> so, Sonia's pushing your sanctification. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, it, it, it's awesome because I, I feel like there's a lot of people and a lot of kids. Um, and, and, you know, even like the three of us in this room that have been raised in a religious setting of some sort and have been exposed to God, have seen great things of God, but yet individually God has drawn us to the point of salvation for where it's not based on religion or based on our parents. It's based on us and Mm -hmm. him saving us. And that's great because like, you know, being a pastor's kid growing up, I mean, like, I was in church, kind of the same thing the whole time. But, like, it, I thought it was real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, this is it. This is the real thing. He's a pastor. But, man, it wasn't real until, like, God saved me and gave me, you know, that measure of faith that yeah. he gave me and, and gifted me. Because now it's not real because of my parents. It's real because the Redeemer redeemed me. And that's awesome because, you know... When you, as kids, like, you get to the point in your life where when you get in your 20s that you have your parents. I mean, I love my father and my mother, but now it's like I'm married. And they're still my father and my mother, but now the relationship, it's not that it's changed, but now it's kind of altered because 
Go ahead, Alan. You know what the scary part about that conversation is? <laughs> it only seems like uh, two weeks ago I was in the same position that you're in. <laughs> and I can just flash back and think about, you know, my, my dad yeah. and uh, all the questions I had for him and all the advice that he gave for me. And, again, uh, this uh, – again, not trying to brag or boast or pat any individual person on the back, but the concept of scriptural instruction that was not – my dad again was not one of those that set me down and and broke the Bible out and mm-hmm. and browbeat brow me with Scripture, but I seen his life and I watched yes. him live examples and I see him make decisions and the decisions that he made always were scriptural based and always yeah. there was an explanation and a real life scenario. Well, we don't do such and stuff like that because this is what the Bible says about it and. There was an honesty there with my dad that I hope my son sees in me. Yeah. This is my yeah. expectation, Joe. I want you to put that on my grandbabies. Mm-hmm. I want you teaching them the exact same way and uh, letting them understand that my faith is real. It's not just something I do on Sunday. It's something I absolutely have dedicated my life to raise my family by. Yeah. And, and like, you know, this world tries to come up with concepts of why we are the way we are, like algorithms and patterns and you know, the world says that we are, we, you know, kind of bring into our lives something our parents did. And, you know, I want our listeners to hear this. Like, I'm not a Christian. Joe's not a Christian. Alan's not a Christian because of our fathers. Absolutely like, yeah. not. We had, Absolutely not. we all three had points in our lives where we could have went a whole nother direction mm-hmm. and went to the other side uh, of the fence. But man, because of God's grace, not because of dad's grace, because yep. of God's grace, he saved us, and it was set in our hearts to live for him, not for anyone else, but for him. for him. And that's like, you know, in my life, one, one thing that I, I'm learning on my own is, you know, through the preaching of the gospel, but through ministry, like, you're going to have people that don't agree with you. And you can't become uh, not obsessed, but worried about what so-and-so thinks about you yep. or why so-and-so doesn't agree with you. And it all comes back to what I just said. It's not by their grace. It's by God's grace. We we are purposed to live for Him and for no one else. And, you know, and I want people to hear that because I think a lot of times, like, people just assume that, you know, Christian families just continue being Christians because of family, and it has nothing to do with that. I know some heritages and some cultures that practice, you know, the family does this and this is what you do because you're in the family. And that's just not what it is with Christ because this is the same Jesus that came, and He's like, Mother will be against son, you know, father will be, you know, it's going to split. The gospels, it brings division. I I, I mean, so it's not that we agree to some tradition, but it's because of God's grace. Now, I will say this, for the families that are listening to this, it does start in the home. So what you practice at home is going to become the reality in which you exist and that's like a lot of people might listen to this and be like, well, I raised my kids up the same way and look what happened to them. You need to reflect on that statement. It's not that anyone in this room is special, but it's even like two generations ago, you know, my great grandfather's father was a drunk who wanted nothing to do with church and God saved my great grandfather and called him to minister and his dad made fun of him and, you know, was against him and tried to kill him and all these awful things but because my great you know my great grandfather was faithful to the lord he got to lead his dad to the lord before he died yeah. but see what started 
was then he raised my grandfather up in the ways and the admission of the Lord. He raised my dad up. He They raised me and my sister up. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's like each family has that opportunity to really make Christ first in their home. And we need to do that because, you know, you can read in the Bible about generational curses, but you can also read about generational blessings. Now, I'm not saying we need to build doctrine on those two things, but it's true and it's real. And that's why he says, raise them up in the ways yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And there were times when I was being brought up in Wayne and Mildred Lovin's house that I didn't want to go to church, but I went. Yep. <laughs> they took me to church, literally took me to church. And I remember shortly after getting married, I thought, all right, ain't nobody going to make me go to church now. Well, guess what? I figured out it wasn't anybody making me anyway. It was because there was something inside of me drawing me to God's house. I couldn't stay home. I knowed where I was supposed to be. Stayed in church. And it wasn't because of Wayne or Mildred making me go. It was because the Holy Spirit yeah. and God, that relationship, that that drawing, I knew yeah. where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, all of this is just very, it's very encouraging. I mean, I love hearing other people's testimonies and hearing their lives, especially like, you know, father, son here. So your lives have integrated, I mean, and always will. And so it's always encouraging. And every listener should be encouraged because when you hear about how someone come, you know, comes to faith, um, we all have a testimony, Christians do, of how we came to faith. And it's always just encouraging um, to hear someone else because a lot of times I think we get caught up in this idea of like our relationship with Christ. But we have to understand the same God has relationship with all mm-hmm. of his people, all of his children. And the same God that ministers to me ministers to you too. And it's also kind of cool because like tonight, um, you know, I have the opportunity to do the ser- the night service and I'm in Second Peter 1 and basically, um, Peter gave us instructions of how we can become closer to God. And we won't become unfruitful, ineffective, but through pursuit, right? And through the sanctification and this growing, uh, we can find security in our salvation, but we can grow in our relationship and maturity with God. Um, and so, uh, it's. I heard Ty saying it. Throw me <laughs> off for a second, man. But uh, it, it's so encouraging. So, uh, Joe? We appreciate you coming and joining right, thanks us. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we, uh, I was really excited. I, here's the story. <laughs> so Joe and his family went to the mountains and in. See Mamaw. Yeah, and so Joe didn't have service. Shout out to Mamaw. Mamaw Mimi. She's not going to hear this. She'll never hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I was like, well, me and Alan, you know, we, we had a, yeah. me, him, and Josh, we kind of had to switch this week up a little bit. So we were, we, you know, we were like, well, we're going to pray about it and come together. Um, and then I was driving. Yeah, we, I, t- I told I told him at church this morning we could talk about our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about Joe's feelings. No, i feelings. <laughs> but we were driving back. We took uh, Haley's, one of her sisters, out for a birthday. And I was like, man, we should just have Joe come and share his testimony. Because people love when, you know, church members here yeah. come and, and it just it hit me, man. I was like, well, I'm going to call them. So they didn't have service. So Alan couldn't answer. Joe couldn't answer. And so they pulled up from the mountains from, from visiting the mammal. And Joe had been asleep in the car. Yeah, I was asleep. So he literally gets out. And I was like, hey, did you see my text? And he's like, no. I was like, oh, well, you're on the podcast today. And he was like, 
well, I'll just watch. And I was like, no, that's not how this works. So, um, on the spot. No, nah, and I mean, it, it's good, and you did you did a good job, Joe. So we appreciate you coming, and uh, all of our listeners. We hope you're just encouraged by this, and it, it'll make you reflect on some things that are going on in your life. Maybe that you have similarities with Joe. Um, so if you guys have any prayer requests, if you have any questions, feel free to reach us at media at watchingchapel.net or our, uh, watching chapel podcast, Facebook. Um, but other than that, guys, y'all got anything else? God bless. God bless. There you go. <laughs> he knows the conclusion. All right. Peace out. We'll see you guys next week.